says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, Regarding Lulu. Are you lubricated? I am. Very good. Yeah, no Bloody Marys today, though. No Bloody Marys today? That's some Bloody Lulus. That should be a drink, don't you think? Yes. The Bloody Lulu! It's the signature drink of... <laughs> regarding Lulu. Sponsored the by... Signature drink, yes. The drink of Lududes and Lududettes and... Uh, or no... Well, you were last last week. You were uh, saying Lubaters. No, that was a big accident. I didn't mean to say that. I'm getting okay. got stuff on my keyboard after I said that. No, lubricators. No, Lou dudes. Lou dude. Oh no! See, it doesn't flow. I was going to say Lou dudes and dudettes and maybe dudits. You know, he, him, his, hers. Yeah, I see you're covering they, all the pronouns. They right. So does that work? No, I guess not. Do we need to cover pronouns? I mean, we want to be inclusive on regarding Lulu, the only podcast covering the 2011 release Lulu by Lou Reed and Metallica. And when I mean covering, what I really mean by that is going through the thing track by track by track. We're the only place doing that. And we're called regarding Lulu, right? I'm your co-host, Chaz Charles. You are co-host Greg Wolfie Wolf. Yes, indeed. That was quite a cold opener. We just rolled, steamrolled right through it. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into the the uh, the lube lubator the 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 lubation uh, lubrication um, the libation the bloody I, well. I've had a lubation here today. Getting ready now. I'm having my lubation. It's actually just tea. I I, I digress. I'm. Uh, Let's let's stick to the topics here. So you know, Greg, it's been an interesting week. Um, we've had episode Is there news. There's there's uh, just a little bit of news, not not much, but I, I'm just so eager to get right to it. As you can probably tell here, you're you're kind of yep. sensing um, there the there is stuff to talk about along the lines of some stories that we've been following. Um, in addition to the work that we normally do, unpacking this album this i mean we're still are we still in a place where after six tracks we're calling in an album and we're still calling it a piece of art are we still are we there are we we're, the same we're i don't know we we had we had a rough rough week we're um rough couple of weeks we were we were down in the weeks. dumps i think we're, we're not we're not adjusting our schedule here or anything we're not you know maybe putting episodes in the bag early or doing ep- anything like that Mm-mm. Been two weeks, Greg. Oh, it absolutely has been in in some universe. It's been two weeks because we're nothing if we're not in. We're nothing if we're right, not temporal um, harmony with other timelines. Yeah, we're we. This are, is what people don't understand. We're fans of the 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 late great physicist Albert Einstein and his right. theory and of relativity. Time is not linear, right? It's not linear. It's no. relative to the observer and. You know, right now, uh, our observation is it's two weeks. It's been two weeks since we last spoke. And in that time, wow, there was even another kind of time-space shift. And news was obtained by this organization regarding Lulu here that I'm just so, I, 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 I don't, I, I, I think we just have to break right into it, is regarding Buffalo Chicken Wings. 
Is it Wild Wings? Oh, Buffalo Wild Wings, right? You know, chicken wing to dance. You know, pulling yeah. up your shorts, dancing yeah. around chicken wing. I can't yeah. get that unseen, right? No. But okay, Buffalo Wild Wings. Guess what? We've What's been walking around with our boneless minds, thinking. Is that there? There's news on the lawsuit. There's news on the lawsuit, Greg. Okay. I am. I am actually. I, I'm actually sad to report that a judge. I, and just to, just to fill in and recap, right, this is this is the class action suit where uh, uh, somebody uh, complained that the uh, the the chicken wings were not actual the boneless wings were not actually wings at all. And were actually just uh, chicken breast formed into like a little boneless wing thing. So they were upset about that. False advertising. Right. Exactly. So thank you for that. Well, and, and we have been tracking this story judiciously on our podcast. And, and why have we been so focused on this story, Jess? Because what, we're what's the relevance to Lulu? Well, you know what? I think we're... Was she a big Buffalo chicken wing fan from, or what? This all stemmed from the discovery that you, my friend, had never really been to a Buffalo chicken wings and sat and enjoyed the experience of slopping down a a plate of wings and hearing like Metallica in the background playing while and you're why, enjoying why that Why do you experience. hear so much Metallica when you're at a Buffalo Wild Wings store, restaurant? It happens. It's just a part of the atmosphere. It's the ambiance of the place. You could be sitting down to a plate of wings and you're going to hear, you know, uh, their their rendition of, say, uh, Bob Seger um, on the road again. What's that song? Um you know, on the road again, here I am up on stage. What's that? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a Bob Seger. At turn first, the page. Turn the page. There you go. I knew if I went page, yeah. long enough with it, I'd get to it. Right, yeah. So turn the page. Um, or, you know, Fuel, Give Me Fire, Give Me That. You know, you, you hear some of their more mainstream rock songs. Enter Sandman, of course. You know, mm -hmm, Metallica. Mm -hmm. Some I don't know. Some of the new material off of 72 Seasons. Um, I don't know that. Really, I'm not hearing any singles on this record. That's the one thing. I'm kind of hearing like all hardcore Metallica, which is pretty cool. Um, but no, the, the, so the whole point was we found out that you had never really, as much as you had a position on this issue of whether or not the, the wings were boned or deboned, but, but kind it, of irrelevant because to our conversation, it was you had not been there to have the experience and hear Metallica in the background. You thought... Maybe once after some shaky, it was like a shaky revelation. You weren't really sure. Might have been on a business trip in Texas, but that's yeah. what got us started on this path to understand, like a false memory, right? Story. What? Some some kind of a false memory that was just, you know, you know, just triggered by the expert witnesses, I guess, and Maybe. just you were just scaring yourself into saying it. But no, I, I didn't actually testify in this lawsuit. You, know? you were scared. You, I think you wet yourself. You were almost. I was deposed, but <laughs> but they ultimately did not call That's me as it. An, expert, That's it. an expert witness because, you know, as and you thank said, God. I, I really haven't been to the Buffalo Wild Wings that much. So. No, but you are an enthusiast of the concept of the boneless wing. Well, you, like like myself, Kaz, you're, you're, you're kind of there. Can you're I tell like, you? Can Can I tell you one thing? Is is that? you're you're familiar with with a, a chain of uh, superstores, dairy superstores that that are really in the the Guinness Book of World Records, right? Called Stu Leonard's. Stu Leonard's, yes. 
world home of the famous officially guinness book of world's record world largest dairy store okay yes right yep so they actually so that i have one near me and they make a very nice boneless uh buffalo uh chicken wing so you are kidding me i we get there we get those buffalo those boneless uh wings uh buffalo style wings from sue leonard's all the time yeah and is it hand spun in your favorite sauce i like the sauce i like the wing and and it's it's a crowd pleaser and so i I'm an enthusiast of the boneless so wing, and I never once has it occurred to me. It's it's never once occurred to me to sue, bring a class action lawsuit against Stu Leonard's. Well, but why wouldn't you? That guy is always making claims with his advertising. I would say that his advertising and his billboards sometimes rather shocking. Hmm. Rather, well, I think the only the things he has thing to say is- about butt steaks and breast, you know, <laughs> just really. I mean, this guy—he's pushing the limits. Um, the only shocking thing is how low prices Norwalk? are, Jazz. What's that? The only shocking thing is how low his prices are. Oh, is that it? <laughs> and doesn't he have like a talking? What? What's the the, the talking he, attraction? He well, I mean, which one? I the, mean, there's oh, so wait, many. Oh boy, yeah, it's going but, over the, um, years, uh, the whole cavalcade of stars at Stu yeah. Leonard's. Yeah, there's 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 some singing cows and whatnot. How about? Dude, are there any boneless singing boneless chickens? There's um a sing there's some singing bananas. Um <laughs> well <laughs> boy, combine I, that you know with if I can go there. Boneless chickens. I when wonder is what a banana kind of just a banana that right? would make. Woo! Boy, yeah. You know what? You're gonna put your jam and jalapenos on that? I don't know. What, Dr. What kind Freud, of sauce when, would go with when, that? Yeah, Dr. Freud, when is a banana just a banana, right? <laughs> with, with a boneless chicken, what kind of sauce goes with a boneless chicken? Would it be like their spicy garlic? Would it be the Nashville hot? I bet that'd be Nashville hot, huh? Anyway, guess what, buddy? I know. I, I know you see the headline, and I know you're going on about it because you're sensing, like I am, a little sense of loss because our big story that we've been following has Let's actually on, on another timeline. This is where our temporal our temporal vortex collision occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, has Flux actually capacitor. already been tossed. They they're 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 tossing chickens out. Uh, the judge here has tossed his chicken and said, "Nope, you cannot pursue this lawsuit. There is no that's standard. it. This will not move Dismissed? forward." The judge has tossed the lawsuit, accusing our friends at Buffalo Wild Wings of misrepresenting meat in their yes, not. Wings. The judge dismissed the class action suit and said that he has no case, that the that, that, that Buffalo Wild Wings did nothing wrong. Buffalo Wild Wings has done nothing wrong. Yeah, there you go. Own it out. But Boneless guess what? Or, or bone in, it's it's all good with the judge. So, hey, and man, so the, he, the, I wonder, right, does the judge come down the side where we are? Like, you know what? That's a damn tasty boneless wing. And I'm going to, I'm going to, and I see it on the menu and it says boneless. I know that that's choice meat. That's well, the rest. I, I think the issue is, you know, the way where we came down is, is how have the customers been harmed? That, you know what? Know how. Reparably harmed. Know how. To- the, they, the they haven't been harmed because they got a superior product. 
well, we've, this is what you and I have come to say. And we have also further decided that our whole future lies in this concept of the boneless chicken. So we're all in and we're not going to share all those details now, but we've been working on that. And so, right. The fact that, you know, he's just kind of sniffed out the market for us here with the demand for boneless chicken. Maybe we should thank this guy. We should, we, we should. So you, you said the judge um, tossed the case and did tossed he toss it, it in Buffalo sauce or did he toss it in like more of a sweet teriyaki? You know, if he was smart, he would toss it in. What did we say? Nando's Perry Perry, baby. That's right. If you want mm. the best sauce for your chicken, boneless nuggets or what, man? I don't the care. Official sauce of, uh, regarding Lulu podcast. Perry Perry. Oh yeah, I'm tossing off mine in Perry Perry. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. That's no, it. I know you so, love that sauce. I haven't tried it yet, but um, I'm looking forward. You need to get some. You need to get some today. Okay. Well, that was the news. I was just, I was like, wow, I know we don't normally in the course of the way we've built our podcast, jump right into news of the weird and the boneless, but I had to go there, you know, just having, you know, come back from this um, uh, journey down the temporal uh, um, continuum and uh, understanding that, wow, there've been some events and collisions and things that have happened beyond our control. But I think we're now back in the present day. And we're on track eight this week, Craig. Are we really? We are. Do you believe it? We are already now beyond where we were with track five, which was what? Mistress Dread. And that was the, that was like the hump episode mm-hmm. of regarding Lulu. And then we no had, question. and we had Iced Honey. Which, Which I got to say was my favorite track, most enjoyable track. And as we came to find out, it was the second single released off of the album. Yep. And, and yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. And then what was this last one we just did? Oh, gosh. So, no, I was a little wrong in my count there. We had another one. So we are at track eight. Track seven was what? Oh, no, this is track seven. Frustration. Today we're on frustration. Track seven. So it's still been, wow, an incredibly long journey. We're past our halfway point. We are on the home stretch. We were thinking, according to us at that last episode, that they were going to have to work now pretty hard with these last few songs to make us or get to, at least I walked away with the place where they were going to have to work really damn hard to get to a place where I was concurring with Mr. Bowie that this was some kind of masterpiece and yeah, not yeah, just definitely. some kind of major piece of something I had to scrape off my shoe. Yeah, I think... You, I, th- I think that's right. They they are going to have to come through with with three home runs here to get this thing back on track into the into the David Bowie masterpiece uh, sort of uh, level of of album. And right now they they've got ground to make up. Okay, so that I, is I a agree. lot. That's a lot to say, considering that this is a, a limited run podcast with the intent of getting to the place of trying to figure that question out. Where do yeah. we land? So we're that's and, and Chaz, we're not the ultimate arbiters here. No, right? of course not. It's in who the, are we to say David Bowie is is you know incorrect, but it's just two guys taking a look and and giving their opinion, right? Taking a look and giving you our straight up dump on what we think of it. Yeah. Now, and that's fair not and saying that we're dumping on it. We're we're being fair, but hey, now let's be fair. 
gave this thing. Um, I was the, I, I was the ultimate arbiter of uh, you know fairness when I voted for this thing with my wallet eleven years ago, twelve years ago when I bought the thing, and I actually paid hard cold cash. It wasn't like buying a subscription to Spotify. I waited for this. I waited for this thing to come out. I paid my money for it, and I was like, what? Oh my God, this thing was this shocked the shit out of me. I thought it was horrible. Worst shocking horrible. Horrible and beyond like words to the extent that it was, you know, not even, you know, I've never said that metal machine music was among the worst things ever committed to the audio uh, uh, lexicon, but certainly it's on the list, um, which is a Lou Reed. Uh, kind of uh, uh, staple work. Um, but, you know, I've compared this prior to John Lennon and Yoko Ono in terms of just being totally unlistenable. I think where Metal Machine Music had its moments of what was that? There was nothing you really wanted to hear in Two Virgins. So that's why I'm like, okay, so this is where Lulu ranked for me below that. And so I think at this point, right, it's fair to say uh, that we should maybe take a, a moment to pause and at track seven, going into frustration. Not eight. Great, great title. What's that? We stand corrected. Not eight. Not, not track eight, eight. Seven. We got, we're at track seven. That's right. Um, and I think it's fair just to stop and say, okay, so based on where we came in, now you had never heard this coming into our podcast for those who are maybe no. jumping in late. The whole trick of this is, is that I've I've heard this record once when it came out and I threw it away, as you just heard, um, and haven't listened to it since. Greg had never heard it, but he's a fan of Lou Reed. He's not really a fan of Metallica. I was into Metallica. I know Lou Reed. I know him a lot better now, but still, you know, much more of a Lou Reed fan. And uh, Greg never you heard You mean more it, of a Metallica so fan? Much more of a Metallica fan, right. Than, so, than Lou Reed. Um, yeah. Right. And so with you coming at this now as the guy who is the Lou Reed fan has never heard this thing before you're at well past the uh, halfway point this week, where are you feeling? Where, where, where are you at now? This is not on the the whole continuum of it's, you know, a David Bowie, you know, masterpiece. This is you coming at this as somebody who knows Lou Reed's artistic history, appreciates him for the artist he is appreciates now the concept of what he was trying to do here. Clearly we've done our homework, read the source material that inspired Lou Reed. We've now read some other material, some supporting. Um, we, we've become much more educated <laughs> than we ever thought we'd be on mm-hmm. all things Lulu. Right. But now as a work of art, the way we've approached this and you hearing it for the first time, no more suspense, Greg, tell us how are you feeling about it. Um, I don't think I'm not feeling it that I'm, you know, supremely impressed with what they've been able to produce, but I do appreciate a lot of things about it. I I appreciate that they based it in, in what I feel was, was a substantial and interesting play written by Frank Whittakind um, back in approximately the year 1900. I think that's an, as a concept, I thought that was an interesting thing to do. I know, you know, Lou Reed's, we both know Lou Reed's background coming out of, of the New York uh, art scene in the 1960s uh, with being part of the uh, extended Andy Warhol um, enterprise um, 
Um, what was that called? The plastic machine, or I thought they called it the factory. Oh, okay. Andy Warhol's studio and his his whole thing. Okay. Um, where they where they did a lot of avant garde um, type of art. They did a lot of different things. I mean, they did stuff where they would like put a camera on and let it run for thirty six hours straight. And um, you know, Lou, <laughs> we know as we know, Lou comes out of that. He he. He he's married. He, he was married to uh, Laurie Anderson, who who also is a very respected artist and musician in her own right. And so, um, you know, I think it's 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 really interesting that that Lou decided to pair up with Metallica, which that you know those guys come out of a completely different musical tradition than him. And you know, he I feel like he's trying something. And, um, you know, and, and also knowing how ill he was and how near the end of his life he was, uh, you know, we, I think that's, that certainly has influenced what we're listening to. And you can hear a lot of the, the pain in it, which is, you know, so I, I think that there's, there's some substance here. There's some stuff that I can appreciate about what they're doing. Is it successful as a work of art? I'm not there yet that, that, you know, yeah. and, and, and it looks like, to your point with with just a few tracks to go uh four tracks to go i guess um will we get there it doesn't seem like we will uh but never say never um and you know it could be the last the actually the last line or the last note that that'll bring it all together for us and and you know we'll be like that's it it's he's did it we we didn't see it until the last line and and he's pulled it all together, and and now we know where David Bowie's coming from. So uh, never say never, but but oh. I appreciate a lot of things about it. But I but I'm not ready to call it a, a genius work of art. Okay, well that is quite a story you've painted in terms of quite an outcome. I guess that could be what quite a scenario. And you are nothing if you are uh, not a scenario builder and modeler. Uh, that is very much okay. that. That's right. the kind of guy you are. So that's where you see this going, yeah. huh? Like that's a potential. Like wow, that yeah. would be your big wow outcome. Like there's some magic crystal at the very end that just goes pling, the cherry on top. Oh, genius! Now I get it. It all makes sense, right? Because at this point, it's not been accumulating. That oh, this is a masterpiece work of art. Oh my goodness, this is profound. This is. Oh, so loaded with insight. Well, I, I'm overwhelmed. And I'm, I'm, I'm not needing a shower after every episode. <laughs> right? Because now, well, we've also, you said a number of things, but I'll key in on the one thing that you said, right? Of course, mm -hmm. about his torment and pain being close to the end of his life. And as we've discussed and i've read more in the book that certainly he was not doing well during the period of lulu and so yeah um and as we've heard laurie anderson uh share in the art of the straight line my tai chi uh the book uh and in some other sources newly released uh, newly released right and in times not not necessarily to coincide with the uh, analysis of Lulu that we're conducting here regarding oh, Lulu, but so, so you and Lori did not. You didn't coordinate that with Lori. I Anderson? have just all I've neither confirmed nor denied. Just said suspiciously, coincidentally, time. Okay, fair. To enough. Have an active discussion, honest, 
active discussion, as we've also seen in the last three months, Mr. Lars Ulrich himself of Metallica speaking in the press liberally about how well this work of art has aged over time, just coincidentally again during the same period where we're having a discussion about. It. So, you know, these things just happen that, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in alignments and um, I think somewhere um, maybe it's uh, famous rocker, Sammy Hagar, who's a believer in numerology and the power of nines, but maybe that's somehow involved with this and the aliens. I don't know what it is, Greg, but I believe we were destined to talk about Lulu at this time in this place and to this level of painful detail, right? Because, and, and those of us that are, are here, because we're not alone, Greg, we've got an audience. There are people, believe it or not, that have come along with us on this journey and are listening to two guys listen to what is acknowledged to be, at least going into it, probably the biggest piece of shit anyone's ever heard. But yet... It's a difficult album. It, it's a... Okay. Maybe I should say a challenging piece. Not to be... Uh, you, you don't walk into this lightly. So I don't want to use a word... like I don't want to say something aloof like this is not a pedestrian work. This is not something you just sit down at a casual dinner at a buffalo listening. chicken wings no. to a big sloppy plate of peri-peri sauce that you secretly snuck in and put on the buffalo wild wings. Okay. That's what you mm -hmm. can do. I don't want to encourage people to do this. I don't want the Nando's revolution to begin, but maybe I do. But anyway. Secretly. Right. But this is not the kind of music that is dinner music. You're not going to hear it on the radio. It's not going to be in the background somewhere, although if it is, I want to be shopping there because somebody's got a really sick sense of humor. That would be great, right? Could you imagine being in a boutique now? And I'm going to be listening for this in every weird kind of curiosity place or any like anything like that that I ever go into. Is that Lulu I hear in the background? I think the weirdest thing I've ever heard in a curiosity shop on the, on the speakers would be I've got an oddball uh, soundtrack to... Uh, Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> I, got, I, I got it to public library or something. Put it on my iPod. Had this thing for like 20 years. I'm in a curiosity shop and it's like a Spencer Gifts or something like that. And I'm listening and I'm like, I know this. And I'm like, oh my God, it's it was the Voyager CD, the album. So that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Lulu, not going to be something... Well, you know, maybe in some weird metaphysical store, I can think of maybe some shops. It could happen. In Westport. What do you think? Any maybe. weird shops in Westport where it could mm -hmm. be on in mm -hmm. the background? Yep. I think it could Goth happen. shop, something like that? Not likely, but... No? Okay. Not impossible. So anyway... You know, I mean, I think because of the uh, regarding Lulu podcast and, and all of the people that we've turned on to this album now through this podcast, you never know. You know, the, the, the dozen listeners or so that are along with us on this journey. The 12 we hearty souls. <laughs> we've got the party of 12. <laughs> the good, the loyal, the faithful. Yes. Join in our goblets of filth as we explore the rest of Lulu together. Bloody inch by bloody inch. Okay, we're starting to sound the bloody deep. strap. But really, right? Yes, the bloody strap. And are we are we deviant for friggin' reviewing this record at our age? I guess we're not. We are really trying to understand what the hell was going on, because you know, as you know, any work of art, it was it was really harshly maligned 
And I'm thinking, you know, probably unfairly given, quite frankly, a lot of what you said about the context, a lot of what what we now know did not know when I first heard it. And so my point about it being not pedestrian music is that it's not something you wait for as a Metallica fan, put it on and think, oh, this is not Master of Puppets. Oh, this sucks. I'm throwing it away. No, you really, it was a challenge from the outset is how this thing should have been approached. And I think if the guys had been a little more forthcoming up front, yeah. you know, and not just been, oh, we're Metallica and he's Lou Reed and fuck you, you know, because yeah. that's and, really kind of, I mean, I always like when I think of Metallica, it's always a picture of Lars Ulrich giving the middle finger. Right. And that's, and that, you know, they're entitled to their attitude that's gotten them this far. But, you know, to the point that if they maybe had explained it a little more, I don't know that I would have felt so bad that I spent the 20 bucks or whatever it was when I bought the thing and was like, what is this? Because I expected something different. I did expect like a, um, you know, Lou Reed's more pop sensible side. So like we've heard on a couple of the tracks where they acknowledge they I mean, they, they put them out as singles. And as I mean, yeah, the, the most approachable music on the record. And even that, right, as we've kind of even been talking, don't feel that it's very polished. Wouldn't say that this is like, you know, not feeling like it's um like final presentation worthy. Like it's even respectful of the audience to give them this and call it something. Finished that's, work. You know, yeah, finished work. It, it seems in parts to be in draft form still, which, okay, we under, understand the nature of improv. And of what they described they were going for at the time. But some of it is just like, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, when the harmonies are out of, out of uh, key. Right? Uh, yes. You know. So when we say a challenge. May, maybe, maybe, to, maybe overdub that part a little bit or something. Yeah, we're, we're not being unfair in saying that the work is a no. challenge. And that they really left. They left us to do all the work that a production engineer and a producer would have to do to make a final piece of listenable you know commercial music so this but, is but he, as you as you've explained i think the the guys on, uh, from metallica have said that that's the way lou wanted to work it was he was intentionally saying we're not going to do more takes we're not going to you well, know polish this thing up this is the this is what we're doing and and move on exactly and that's where kirk hammett's been quoted as saying that you know reed taught them how to be in the moment that they just weren't used to working the way that he did in the studio. Um, he's quoted as saying that, um, you know, he was quoted, uh, uh, Reed has uh, helped him to trust his instincts as an artist um, and that they didn't really, you know, realize, you know, they didn't know how to do that. Lou taught him how to be, you know, more improvisational and in the moment. And we've heard that, I think, in several of these songs, right? Because um, Kirk is saying that 90% of what he did on the guitar was done in an improvisational way on this record, right? But, you know, whereas the meticulation of Metallica, you know, would be that, uh, uh, you know, three or four months worth of production into one song, they were done with this whole thing in like breakneck time and nothing was really. Do we know how long it did left. take them to put this together, Chaz? You know, that's something I think we had to, as I was saying that, I think we need to find that out. How long was yeah. the actual production? That would be interesting to know, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like, like you know, Reed would take time off like during the day. So like they probably did another thing that they weren't used to. They probably were recording during hours that probably weren't Metallica hours. Uh, and Reed would go off during uh, uh, parts of the day and then they would find out he was actually doing Tai Chi and he was actually practicing with swords. 
So he was really into this. And, you know, I remember pictures of Lou at the time, very lean, very healthy looking, right? Um, but now knowing that he was actually really suffering pretty, pretty badly, even then. Um, so, yeah, we got to find out how long it took to actually record the album. Um, because if they did everything as we've heard them describe, like one and done, this thing is 10 tracks long. If it took them longer than a week, I'd be surprised. A week straight in New York. But what does that look like with Lou, right? I mean, you know, you may be one and done, but that was yeah, on Tuesday. Maybe it, maybe it took longer, but it, it, you know, that, that certainly, it gives the impression of something that was recorded quickly. Which, you know, a lot, like in a jazz tradition, right? I mean, they'll go in and knock out an album in a day and have it be, you know, a really good um, recording. Because they're just, they've got the tunes, they've got the charts, they do the improvising, they get a good take, and away they go, right? Yeah, well, apparently they recorded it over three months' time, this record. So as you were talking there, oh, I was able to okay. Google. So... <laughs> But, but, you know, as you, I don't think it was, you know, it wasn't a solid three months worth of work. It no. was, you know. No, as we say, right. That, that was it. It was like, they had to, they, the they thing that probably Lou's took schedule, time was right? scheduling. Right. Yeah. Well, and the fact that Lou was probably doing, you know, like, again, like, you know, yeah, I would just imagine that the whole, the whole time, the whole, uh, process not not just the way they did it but i would imagine everything was different than the way metallica typically did things right yeah because it was a lou reed project at the end of the day yeah this project that we're into now called lulu and into i guess at this point track seven greg should we allow no further ado we should we should allow no further dawdling <laughs> i like it dawdling all right, track seven, Frustration. Here we go. If Spotify wants it to play. No, that's not, that's not, stop. Okay, stop. We're gonna and without any further ado. We're going to have to edit. So what did you say? No dawdling? Without further dawdling. Without any further dawdling. Frustration by Lurie. Off clap. We've heard openers like this before. Some of the highlights have been the openers, the intro sections. Where do you? I did not listen to metal machine music today. Frustration. 
In my lexicon of hate, I see you with your portraiture. Does he love you? Does he love you too? The brush strokes kiss your breasts and toes. I cry icicles in my stein. The heartbeats flutter with an abnormal rhythm. The pain shoots through my body, a sword between my thighs. I wish that I could kill you, but I do love your eyes. I am slack-jawed, man. How you feeling about this one? I think this one's rocking pretty hard. Woo! What could have been is all I can think. Oh, my God. I was even getting creeped out by that opener, man. I'm like, what are we listening to? I know. Almost, and, and I started to think it was somebody being tortured because it sounded like a voice at the end. It did sound like a voice, yeah. Yeah. But but then that that when it kicks in, yeah, wow, oh. I, I, it took me by surprise, you know, that it, it kicked in like you that. You had a big smile, dude. <laughs> that was great. They just kicked it. <laughs> Uh, I wish we had saved the camera image. Your face was like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I got to say. So as a piece of music, this is this is to me like, oh, my God, this should have been the single. Oh, I would have been like, oh, my God, I got to have, give me 12, give me 18 tracks of that. Oh, my God. Wow, this is brutal. I'm not even getting into the lyrics at this point. Let's get through the rest of the song first. Maybe. This one's so good, I feel like I want to listen to it. Don't you? Let's do it. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to let it run, but, you know, unless we want to jump in. But let, let's let it run. I just, like, this one is hot. How long? Oh, oh and it's also very long. <laughs> we still, yeah. So I think we should let it run. It's eight minutes, 33 seconds long. So here we go. Woo. You're feeling less hard, but you stimulate the hatred smolders in your eyes. I drop to my knees in a second to salivate in your thighs. Alva. This is Alva. What do you think? I, I, I'm open to that, but we'll, we'll, we'll reserve final judgment. Okay, okay. Any of the men in her life, really. Hold on. But all I do is fall over. I don't have the strength I once had in you And your prickless lover and his easel in his eyes I feel a Who came after the artist? I don't um, have my copy here I lost my, my Kindle is charging So uh, the, yeah The Dr. Uh, Schwartz was the painter Schwartz was the painter That was her second husband after yep. Dr. Goal Yep Alva was um, the And then I think it was Schwartz, right? I mean, um, sorry. Um, uh, 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 what's his name? Dr. Schoen. Was it Schoen? I think that was the third, right? Was it? And then, and then after that, she was kind of with uh, Alva. I with think. Alva? Okay. All right. Wow. Schoen? I don't remember Schoen being murderous. Okay. Let's listen. Ah. I like it though. That was a direct, a direct tie to so, the, so the line by Frank Wiedekind. and his easel in his eyes. So is yep. that a reference to the painter? Yeah, your prickless lover thinking? and his easel in his eyes. So this is, I'm thinking, 
Yeah, right. Because, okay, time out. Because the artist was, that was not a murder she committed by herself, I thought. I remember asking you about that at the time. And I wasn't sure if I was remembering it right. Yeah, so so Dr. Schoen was trying to get uh, Lulu to kill herself. Right. And she ends up killing him. So it's a little bit almost a self-defense kind of a thing. Yeah. And this would be then shown. This would be I think so. If he's yeah. talking okay. about. Yeah, yeah. You got it. Okay. The artist. You nailed it, Greg. Yep. All right, Wolfie. I think Wolfie, you, I think you've nailed one here. All right. Let's see. There's a first time for Creep up my leg. It's like other podcasts when they try to manifest and call the songs they're going to listen to that night. And you end up with a piece of shit song on a song, you know, on a podcast with your favorite band. And you want to just talk about any song, but the worst piece of shit, but it just happens. This is our manifesting or you've gotten to the place where you've found you've discerned. I think who we've got, let's see. Blood runs from my nose. I puke my guts out at your feet. You're more man than I. To be dead, to have no feeling, to be dry and spermless, like a girl, like a girl. I want so much to hurt you. I want so much to hurt you. I want so much to hurt you. Marry me, I want you as my wife. Spermless like a girl. Okay, so um, I was really excited about the song. <laughs> Catch this part. <laughs> um, kind of took the wind out of your sails a little bit there, Chaz. Wow, it really did. Why? Why? And again, this is like a question that keeps coming up with this record. Why? Well, yeah. so as you, you said yourself, right, there are, I think, moments, there are moments in this. Had they spent some more time, they could have taken some of the flies off that and polished the turd, but they just gave us a pile. Although but this, I, I still, they're trying to do something. This I'm not something. willing to say that lyrically what this, <laughs> you know, what we've called poetry that Lou Reed is, is, um, reading, uh, reciting over the lyric, over the uh, Metallica, that's music. what he's resorted to now. That's what he's doing. Yes. Yeah, and for almost the whole album, like there's like the only song he was really singing, I felt was Ice Tunny. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's, but he this, this one, thing. well, this to me was like if you were if you wanted to say he was metal singing something, this, this song was the closest. This was the closest. The way this started out, the way that they were just lockstep with the lyrics and the you know the way that the music was progressing through what felt like chorus verse structure, right? You know, they hit you. They you know they pout us with a big opener, like weird art, and then pow, big opener, and then he came in. He was on time. They were together, and then. Yeah, this again. We're back to slam poetry over improv. And I think that's exactly what's happened. It's kind of like they dropped this, boom, right back into a club in like, you know, in but solo. I, I, I still appreciate a lot of, you know, what I've uh, heard and read of these lyrics so far on this album. Okay. I mean, this is, this is, you know, it's difficult and it's, and it's brutal, but it's, but it's, you know, I think there's, a, there's, um, 
something valuable and, and worthwhile and artistic and and that all that as well in a lot of what you know I've 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 heard and read of of the loose lyrics here. Okay, well you've got a lot more to hear and read of just this one song, so I think yeah. we better keep going because we've got at least but it, to me it, it doesn't it. always as we've talked about it doesn't always sort of hold together and 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 work as a coherent piece of of work and and a piece of music and and so forth you know there's well again it, it seems like two separate things a lot of times like metallic's doing their thing metallica's doing their thing lou reed's doing his thing and it's not really coordinated yeah, it's not like, you know, it's they're building a wall together and Metallica is acting as the mortar in this thing. I mean, it's just not. And like they're going to get to the end, like you said, and there's some magical capstone that comes in and brings the whole structure together and makes it all make sense. I not just bloody likely. I don't see a structure being built, mate. The castle's not forming. And, you know, I mean, you know, bottom line is, am I? I don't know. I, I think I'm. A little frustrated that they did this to the song because I liked where it was going. So maybe that was part of the, maybe that was part of the point. I don't know. I think, Let's see. I think it could Let's be. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll be fair. I'll try to be fair and spermless like a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Be spermless like a girl, there, Greg. Yep. That's gonna be a no one at work. Hey, I, I'm gonna do this campaign. Yeah, I think your plan is spermless like a girl. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Greg. I'm it's sorry. a good line. Did we pay you, Greg. I'm sorry. <laughs> Spermless like a girl. Are you feeling less like a whore mm-hmm, after listening mm-hmm. to this? I'm not. I feel. I don't know. Let's listen. That's the lyric that you're quoting. More men than I. More men. like a girl I want you so much to hurt you I want so much to hurt you I want so much to hurt you I want you 
as a wife. Frustration is my lexicon of hate. Frustration is my lexicon of hate. Fra fra frustration, my lexicon of hate. I wish that I could kill you, but I too love your eyes. I want you as my wife. I want you as my wife. Spermless like a girl. Spermless like a girl. I so I was. That was kidding. pretty cool. I thought, Chaz, uh, the the way they, because this one. Like, unlike some of them, but also like some of them, has these very distinct parts, right? Yeah, yeah. And and they and they like totally change it up, and they they go into that like really low key, like just like a little bit of background, um, you know, uh, with like the organ or something where it's really down low, and 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 no, you know, the the music is mostly dropped away, and then they kick it back in. Yeah, super hard again. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, and I I'm, see what you mean about how when they when they kick in with the full band and they're just really rocking, that he's like kind of in it. His his lyrics are right. kind of, of in the groove a bit. Yes. Yeah, but on this one, he kind of took it out because of where he then had to keep going with it. Um, so it wasn't as tight as it was in the first, but I, I thought nonetheless it was still working pretty well and then yeah i think the big change to then the this you know kind of um really uh just you know oh just really dark um you know kind of whispering remorseful angry place just you know i'm really digging it but i think honestly and i and i don't know maybe it would have helped some of the other songs because they, you're right. They've employed this this um, mechanism before, or you know, this, I guess, this mode that they're using, right, to mm-hmm. convey the idea, the the back and forth kind of thing. Yeah. But if if Hetfield had not been chiming in with background lyrics and some of the other ones, maybe they wouldn't have been <laughs> as hard to listen to. Yeah. Um, right. If yeah, you're right. I think moved, for the most part, those his. Uh, background vocals are not helping. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this at least is a little easier for me to get through because it's not as distracting as, you know, whether it was shouting in Brandenburg gate. Right. I mean, like I can just think of several really standout examples where it was just like, that was not necessary. Right. It was already hard enough and we didn't need that thrown in. Right. So at least you're right. To the uh, in, to the to a different uh, going the other direction, the I thought the background vocals were helping and were adding on Ice Honey. On Ice Honey, right when it was right, something that they was were they were singing reasonably well together. Yeah, yeah. I think there was only one section of Ice Honey where I was like, "Why did he do that one there?" But 
Yeah, it wasn't perfect by any stretch, but it was, you know, for, if in the style <laughs> more, that we've more come listenable than the other stuff that I would never nominate or go say, hey, I'm having a bunch of people over. I think I'm going to drop Lulu on the on the turntable. Yeah, grab a beer, flip on Lulu. <laughs> Have some chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> I might, by the end of the night, be That's pulling a perfect up night. shorts and doing the dance. It's a perfect <laughs> night. Chicken wing. Chicken wing. Okay. All right. So I think we have uh, we are back in another character study. We were thinking it's the doctor. Let's finish it up and see what happens. We made some progress in that in that section there. I think we did pretty well. to our friends in Metallica had St. Anger had that same drum sound it would have been much better received that is thrashing this is some this is some thrashing really great Metallica that's a little different a little punkier than their usual stuff right because I think that's the read yeah. influence this okay. is really chomping man this is good stuff and quite honestly uh, and giving me kind of some reminiscence of some of what they were trying to do on St. Anger if this had been the drum sound on St. Anger, that album would have been much better received. Another one totally tanked by fans, but we won't go there. Okay. Let's finish this. I can't feel it. that hey, false ending look at that and we <laughs> we came away with a smile on our face when i was going to be disappointed if because the ending did felt like some of the other songs where you know lou reads vocally lyrically it didn't feel like the end and right. then it just sort of fizzles and it seemed like we were on track to just fizzle a little bit and then they 
had that little false ending where they yeah. reprised that groove and 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 took us out. That's it. That's it. And it left a big smile on our faces. So here's one that not without its challenges within the song for me, but all in all, I really liked this one. I think if we had had an album full of cuts like this, um, that really clearly are, are tied to this source material, tied to this play. I'm trying to understand where he's getting this. I mean, this whole spermless like a girl, more man than I. Right. So is that acknowledging that Lulu has got balls and he knows it like he can see how tough she is, but he still wants her to be a woman. He wants that. He wants Lulu, but he's just like, you know, I think you I think you nailed it. I think that's yeah. exactly right. She she you know, he's scared of her. She's right. she's she's stronger. She's tougher. She's more brutal, but she's spermless like a girl but yet she's more man than he is. Right, right. And he so, wishes he could kill her, but he loves her. Yeah, I think, I don't and know. That's why he wanted her to, to kill herself. Feel, I'm feeling like lyrically and his vocal performance and Metallica's musical performance, they were pretty strong, all three of those things on this yes. cut. Yes, they were. And so I feel like if anything, right, so at least there was now that we've gotten through seven tracks on this album and my dog is here crying in pain but at least seems like maybe it's more um you know no he's actually crying in joy he is here so happy wagging his tail and you know because we're at least now at a place where i think if this was going down as his last work man this was strong this was something totally different for him and it sounded great in in parts really shining with the concept of what yes uh if if you say and you know as he had said before that the concept of lou reed and metallica working together was a natural no-brainer idea and if this was the first thing i heard after he, having him make a statement like that i go oh shit duh yeah wow why didn't we think of that right because it was interesting and yeah maybe a little challenging in a couple of places because of the poetry aspect of it but you would appreciate that because that's lou reed and then like the metal on this was full-on metallica and it was strong so yeah i really and the experimental stuff in the background kind of interspersing there was weird enough that like okay as a metallica fan knowing where they were and what they had done by this point in their career that was something totally new and different these these weird aural you know creations that they were coming up with now i don't know if that was just them right. or if others were helping but that those intros and those little or, or if lou was in weird like that that thing at the beginning was creeping me out i really that, yeah, that was I weird. felt like yeah and I mean, shocking you know, when they came in with that full-on yes, metal group. yes i i just can't help but think of things other artists that are um similar in their um kind of presentations like um but I'm like they're goth, like nine inch nails, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know. Uh, and again, I'm just thinking Metallica. We're with like, you know, working with people like Sereno and others over time. I mean, visually, I mean, I'm starting to I don't know if they did anything, you know, with this. We should maybe Google it to see if they did anything with frustration, like a single or any other type of mixed medium, because like, yeah, I'm seeing like a really bad like nine inch nails, very dark, opaque, kind of creepy video going along with like that intro and like where that was going. And then bam, 
they come in and hit you right in the face, just like Reznor would, like in Nine Inch Nails, one of those bands. So I'm definitely feeling like this could have been used to support the statement that it was a no-brainer for them to work together. But unfortunately, Greg, mm-hmm. uh, this has come at track seven. So we've had six tracks before that didn't do that. <laughs> it would be hard for your casual listener to make it all the way to this point. It would, yes. But yes, let yes. me throw something else out at you, Chaz, and see okay. what you think. Um, we spent, we've given this attention, we've given this time, we've, you know, uh, that it may or may not deserve, but we've we've put a lot into it, as you said, and um, we've heard things that were similar. We've heard tracks where they um, had a variety of different parts where there was multiple parts in the song, um, you know, different sections that sometimes were rocking, sometimes were quiet. We've heard that before. Um, We've heard Lou um, doing his thing, uh, you know, talk singing and, and, uh, so forth um, on a lot of most of the other tracks, almost all of them, with the exception maybe of Ice Honey, where he's more singing uh, like like the way he normally would. Um, and so what I what I want to throw out to you for your consideration is that. Um, did we need to hear some of that other stuff happening? Did we need to be exposed to. Some of this, you know, Lou and Metallica together, different way, you know, the the talk singing, the the, you know, before so that we could appreciate this track as much as we seem to be appreciating it. If it came at if this was the first track that we ever heard, we would listen to this in an entirely different way. Yeah, so are you, you're saying we, we wouldn't necessarily have the same appreciation for what's gotten yeah. us here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know what? That's like, you know, saying, did I need to rob the liquor store to end up in prison with my soulmate Bubba? You know, I think, no, you probably could have just gone and, you know, avoided the prison time and found a soulmate. Just go, going like on Match.com instead and, prison and skip first. the prisons to get locked into a cell and ultimately forced into that situation. But I think you could have just okay. avoided the crime, gone out and found Bubba and been happy. And I just feel like they put us through the criminal justice system on this record unfairly at this point uh, up into track seven. So yeah, I don't we know. have I, to hear everything that came before it to get to this, Greg. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying we, necessarily you we, had to we, hear we, everything what before do you think? to get to this point, but I think, you know, this is a this is a complicated okay. Album. I, I'll give you, know, you that. You know, and 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 the way we're analyzing it, the way we're we're connecting it to different characters in the Frank Whitakin play, yeah. Um, the way we're listening to the way um, and understanding what Lou is doing, where he's coming from, what Metallica is doing, how they're interacting, having that history and that background uh from the other tracks puts us in a place where we can listen to this one in a way that i don't know that we could have had we not spent time with the other tracks okay and i certainly won't argue with that but to the point right and i think you've said this a number of times now 
this was so challenging and we had to work to get here. That's what you just described. And most pieces and that's of okay, art. Though. I think that's well, okay. I really? mean, with, dude, there's a lot of art you had to do that with. Any there's other a record? lot of art in the world that is more challenging than this. And to understand it in any significant way, you have to put in that work. So that's not, you know, and maybe that's that's what we've got here is, and maybe we're just scratching the surface. And sometimes it takes, you know, it takes a lot of effort and uh, to 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 really, if something is truly um, a work of art and a challenging work of art, sometimes there is a lot of effort required to what get to a mean, point where you appreciate right? what what it really is. Oh, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Name another work of art you've had to work so hard to appreciate. And but I mean, <sighs> not not even just not even just a record. I mean, but any other work of art. I was gonna well, do it to a record. So, so I'll I'll give you something. Okay. Jazz. Thanks okay. for putting me on the spot. So, <laughs> you know that 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 I uh, read philosophy with a group of guys I, here. I we do. have a, we have a book group, a, a reading group, and we I've and acquired we, a few books at your recommendation. Yeah, so. and 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 so we're reading philosophy, and and we're at a point, and we we started back in the ancient with the ancient Greek philosophers, Plato and Aristotle, but now we're at a point. We're, we've we've come to the modern times. We've come to the Enlightenment, um, and and we're in the 1600s, and we're tackling Spinoza, right? So Spinoza is one of the most uh, acclaimed uh, philosophers of the Enlightenment period, and he and he has a, a among other uh, books that he wrote. Um, he has one called Ethics that we're that we're reading. That is Im almost impossible to get through and understand. Very, very difficult, but considered a masterpiece and an absolute one of the top uh, contributions to philosophy in the history of the world and certainly of the Enlightenment philosophers. So there's one one example. Okay. And that to me is, you know, for the the uninitiated, I'm just getting into reading the philosophers myself. And I think I've taken your recommendation on a couple. But you're so you are going, my friend, though, so deep. I'm thinking like any any, you know, album. Let's start there. Let's go back to where I was going to go, because I did throw you a curveball by putting you on the spot for any work of art. Any and I kind of knocked it out of the park. You kind of did, man. You really went there. And but what well, I want to keep it simple for myself because I need to, because I'm not a Spinoza guy yet. I'm reading a book about ethics that was written by the guy who wrote the, the, the show The Good Place. So that's where I'm at. Okay. So <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm okay. survey level at this point. Um, yep. you're you're deep, you're going deep into the source material. Like I'm going before. greatest of all time. I'm going goat. You're going goat, baby. You are there. You are there. So my um oh and what was my point i don't know oh, you're, you're oh, reading oh, 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 good album any oh, album, album greg that you've ever had to work so hard to get through none uh, right? you know i would say i would say no i think that's a okay. fair point but i haven't you know really tried to tackle any albums that are are really seriously difficult and there certainly are you know this See, we're, oh, I, I think, think there's some think yes the, records that are hard I, to get through. No, but I think where you're where you're getting hung up is is we're trying to to we're keeping this in this genre of metal, 
of music or, 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 or rock or R and B like Lou Reed and Metallica. And, you know, there, there, there's music that is, is, is outside of mainstream music, mainstream music and pop music and rock music, which is, which is very sophisticated and very, you know, artful and, and so forth. So I'll give you one, another example. Okay, very true. Actually, one, here's one I have listened to jazz that I will give you is Ornette Coleman. Ornette Coleman is, is a jazz musician who, and, I, and I'm, I'm forgetting the terminology that they use um, to describe that type of jazz, but it's a, I don't think it's, maybe it's free jazz, um, but, but it's a lot of it is, it's not, it's the, the, the rhythms aren't, consistent melodically it's not harmonically it's not it doesn't follow it just you know is very 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 difficult but it's so you're Coleman. talking about free jazz i guess free jazz or nick coleman is considered one of the greats and that's extremely difficult for a lay person who's not you know spent time with with jazz and with free jazz and and to to appreciate very difficult. look look if it's jazz it does not rock, and therefore it does not resonate. Not here. Don't play it here. You take your jazz and go shop that shit somewhere else, pal. We're all full up of crazy here. Hey, I mean, so a little no, I'm interesting I'm side note, uh, Chaz. Um, so you've called up some some more net on the the Wikipedia that we can see here uh, on the screen, and if you if you look down a little bit uh, towards the middle of that first section, he talks about uh, Ed Blackwell and Don Cherry. Uh, just a little bit higher than where you're at. Yes. So Ed Blackwell uh, was a drum, a jazz drummer who uh, played with uh, Coltrane and and the Greats, and, okay. and then Don Cherry is a trumpet player, and and Blackwell and Cherry actually played together as a two piece uh, unit, where the, just a trumpet and drums, which is, you know, a, obviously a very unusual. Um, yeah. Um, pairing or, or, or structure, uh, uh, for a jazz group. And yeah, but not for a Tuesday night down at the Buffalo chicken wings. I mean, I think, you know, if they've got a stage, it's probably just big enough for a guy with a, a drum. But, but and, uh, my point is that, that, uh, uh -huh. the reason I was bringing this up is, is Mr. Blackwell was a professor at, uh, Wesleyan university when I was a student there. Oh, no joke. He was a, pro he was a professor of jazz and he was, he was an old guy at that point, 70s. Oh, he maybe. looks pretty old in this picture. You can't yeah, see Yeah, maybe him. 80 years old. And Ooh, he, yeah. and Don, the great Don Cherry, the great uh, jazz trumpet player Don Cherry, came to Wesleyan when I was a student, and he and Ed did a concert together, the two of them. So you saw this. And you I saw, saw this. this. Wow. But this was not that difficult. This They were not like Ornette uh, in terms of what they did with the, with the two of them. They They were much more accessible and, and it, was it was not Lulu. They weren't doing it was not Lulu either. And it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun to, yeah, it was fun to see uh Blackwell and Cherry. I, and I, and I but had, it wasn't an Blackwell and Cherry, the Lutalica experience. It, yeah, no, not really. But I, no, I, I had okay. gotten, I had gotten an album uh, uh, and listen, I had, gotten the album of one of their things that they they had out and and listened to that back in my in my youth um but this is anyway, wesleyan so, so this is what like 60 years ago you were uh yeah maybe yeah. not quite 60 but uh it was a few a few years ago <laughs> i'm messing
Isn't that interesting? Um, yeah, they had some great music professors. Because, yeah, I mean, well, to your point, right? So the whole uh, idea of um, just uh, th this type of musical exploration, I guess, if this is where you have to go, Greg, to find <laughs> something comparable, you have to go to Chaz, jazz, then I you think that's you all. You challenge, first you challenge me to find to, any you art. You have to go to jazz. No, first you challenge <laughs> me to find anything. That's and a I lazy up, thing, Greg. I you came up with jazz. Spinoza right off the I, bat. I threw then out, you, yes. Then you challenged like, me to come up with a musical album, and I came up with Ornette Coleman like that. <laughs> now you're just mad. Are you saying because that you've over-delivered? I've over-delivered. I'm batting a 1,000. I'm two for two. and sixes, and you can't baby. Take it. You can't in, take in it. Cricket, that would be sixes. Yes. All right. Snacks. I got to give it to you. You, have, you are MVP on this episode, and that is not our minimum viable product. That is our most valuable player. Podcaster. Most, most valuable podcaster. There you go. Always there to wrap it up very neatly. Greg, another, another bow. Another, another bow, another fine episode. I think this may even come in um, at perhaps the shortest episode. Um, I, I might be wrong with that. But anyway, um, Greg, any uh, we're uh, at a point um, where you've got uh, perhaps some gigs coming up in uh, with Accidental Breakdown, your band, at this point in the uh, first couple weeks of June? Yeah, you, you put me on the spot, but but I've got my um, – I've done my homework, and, and this time I'm ready for the question. Uh, okay, unlike, so when, when are you gigging, Greg? <laughs> Reading Beer Company, June 11th. In the All afternoon, right. 4 p.m., Ripka's down by the beach in Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh, Reading Beer Company's in uh, Reading, obviously. I don't know if I said that, but Ripka's is in Norwalk, and that's okay. June 16th on a Friday evening. Nice. At the beach outdoor. A Friday night at the beach, kicking off the summer season with accidental Summer season, breakdown. accidental breakdown. Ooh. Some reggae music, some Now, blues, this is going to be... This this is not going to be your your dinner crowd version of accidental breakdown. No, this will be the full and, Monty. And the this will be the the with the full drum set. Did I hear set. you say the full Monty? Full Monty. Well, we're going to be close. That's quite an act. We we uh, yeah maybe I overstated. We will be close, but uh, the full Monty as far as the uh, instrumentation. The in the pool Monty. Okay. In the pool. <laughs> ah. That's great. Fun well, stuff. fun stuff. Okay, cool. Great. Well, and then we can find out more information about that, of course, at Facebook uh, slash accidental, accidental breakdown. Accidental breakdown. Got it. Baby, except the baby isn't part of the URL. <laughs> uh, my band, we've got a private gig coming up. I cannot talk about the most recent gig. Is That's private. super secret. It is a secret. It is a private affair. So I have to keep my mouth shut. We may have. People that don't uh, want us to reveal these things, ah. but we're being paid to keep this a quiet hush hush thing. So it's very yeah. good. But we've got it's other good. gigs we're working on. So that's uh, Facebook uh, Steel Revenge, uh, the podcast itself. You find us at Facebook slash regarding Lulu. You find us on Twitter at regarding Lulu. You find us, so I think what, uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on, oh gosh, uh, iHeartRadio Podcast, any type of podcast hosting you Jazz, can have. Yes. I, I, I hate to go there, but 
Do we have more platforms than listeners? <laughs> you know, that's a good metric. I have to look at wow. that. Let me get every, the analytics on Every that. one of our listeners could have their own private platform. I think every, yeah. Elon Musk is listening because he owns Twitter. Because, like, yeah, we're, we're only getting listened to by the people because we're that important, Greg, because we are that important. The people but, that are paid. You're saying that the only people listening are the people that are paid to listen to us. I'm going to tell you what. No, because we're not doing that yet, but we're close. But the only people we can confirm, I think a few people are listening, are those that are joining us in our fellow podcasters on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Let's welcome back virtual AI generative. Everyone knows them and loves them. Becoming a fixture on the show. Corey Morissette from And The Podcast Will Rock to read the honor roll of Deep Dive Podcast Network podcasts. Corey, take it away. Very quickly, I'll run down the shows for you. Myself, John Mariano and Scott Haskin do a show called Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, myself Ooh. and John also do a show, Backtracks Theme Music, talking music and movies. Uh, Scott Haskin does the Right Heap, the Magicians podcast. Nate and John at the Deep Purple podcast. The Simple Men at Skinnered Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Matley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Riot's Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods. Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. George and Hattie at Judas Priestcast. Clay and Riot North by South Podcast. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What, talking all things Megadeth. Kevin Brown at the Tom Petty Project. And Kevin with his good buddy Randy Woods at Seaside Pod Review, talking all things Queen. Quinn at And Volume for All. Sav Nick, Steve and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. And Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. And don't forget to support... Our other friends like the Sean Geek and Fast Fred podcast, You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast. Of course, the DLR cast and the Bogus Otis show, Pot of Thunder, still the uh, recognized symbol of excellence of rock and roll podcasting, Booked on Rock with Eric Sanich, and Dissect That Film. Corey, you rock. Thank you so much. All right, Greg, we are at the end of another dirty dog episode but i'm feeling that was quite an episode Chaz. man but i'm feeling pumped this song all right so we did make a bold statement that they were gonna need to make some bold statements did did they deliver turn this shit around so i think maybe they did close i want to say so close greg but i i yes i mean it okay good start to road to redemption for the last few tracks we got three left we got three left the next time we get together we're going to be listening to one called little dog um i like that That i just cannot imagine with knowing that there were no animals in the in the play uh what this is no animals were harmed in the making of the album i think that we know of but certainly men and their fragile egos were and that's what i think we just kind of heard we can't say that about ozzy osbourne right (laughs) <laughs> hey, Ozzy's back. He retired, but he's back. He retired. He's not going to do it anymore. But hey, he's back. He's going to do it until he drops dead on stage. Yep, yep, yep. Like this guy. But apparently, yeah, I think we we nailed it. I think you know, hats off to you for calling calling the character. As I think maybe that that's our that's our sweet spot. We don't uh, manifest songs. We call our characters. We call them as we see them, and and I think you know, he called we- it. We're curious after the first three tracks because we didn't know where things were going, and now it does seem like that we're we're getting some character studies, right? 
Yes, we are getting. We some surmised that maybe we would get some character studies. Yeah, and I think we've gotten them. So I think we were prescient in that prediction. <laughs> it's nice to see the amazing feats of uh, of um, prestidigitation. No, did I say that right? No. But, yes, uh, you did. You did. You're, I. You're, you're doing some alliteration with our some alliteration with, our, with prestidigitation. Pre- our prescient predictions and 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 maybe a little prestidigitation. Yes, and these two things coming together, this alchemy of sound and uh, this thing we call the podcast regarding Lulu. So uh, we've done it. Thank you very much for joining us. Wonderful, wonderful episode, Wolfie. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chaz. Until next time. Spectacular as always. You were brilliant. It was a master work of co-hosting, sir. Yeah. Let's get out of here. It's an honor. (laughs) <laughs> an honor always a pressure i mean a always privilege. a pleasure did i say that out and a loud? Pleasure. oh always a pleasure Until always now. a pleasure always a pressure all the lubaters and ludites and lubbocks and metallicators right it's not just about lou this is you know metallica's here and metallicats lubricators right. thank you all so much for being with us on this continuing journey we got three more to go Join us next time, Little Dog, here on Regarding Movie. I think we can wrap it up.